This is The Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Wave podcast. This time, we're going to be talking about the film we saw on opening night of the Montclair Film Festival. We talked about it a little bit in our first Montclair episode, and that film is A24's Dream Scenario that stars Nicolas Cage and is written and directed by Christopher Borgley. So... Liz, myself, and Zach all got to see this movie at Montclair, and there's a lot to talk about with this film. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Darian Scalamoni. I'm also here with Liz Seiko. Hello. And also Zach Miller. Hi. So let's jump in. Zach, let's start with you. Yeah. I want to know because there's a lot to discuss with this film. There's a lot. Kick us off, bro. Kick, how do you kick this movie off? I don't know. All right. Give me something. (laughs) I don't know. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... This is like every indie film, uh, film bros stream. I think you know, like this is just how how better, what better of an A twenty four movie could it be than Nicolas Cage, balding Nicolas Cage, yes, and um, just being a professor who is showing up in people's dreams. I mean, that's just like one of the most indie plots that you can probably come up with. And, yeah, um, I think that was. It's just it's such a fun, fresh concept that people can really dive into and completely turn off the noise behind them and just just say all right i am going in for an experience and this is exactly what it is and it just surprises you it shocks you at points and then it just goes places you didn't think were capable of movie narratives going in in a fun way and then it just you know it it just goes one direction turns around goes the other one and then it just has these other um deeper plot points that go into his family and um uh some of the shake-up that happens with the sci-fi elements and things like that so um i really like this movie i I know you guys have shared mixed feelings i have a question for liz yeah right off the bat yes so i know you really enjoyed this film i do when we recorded our most anticipated episode a few months back we both listed some things we were excited about this was a film that was not completely on my radar was not on your radar at all no and we talked about it at length we went a little viral we for real for a tiktok couple of views views on that um and one of the things that you posed was is this the movie that gets nicholas cage an oscar nomination was that a premonition or was that just being hopeful can you confirm or deny based on after seeing the film? I fully stand that this probably is the best performance I've ever seen from Nicolas Cage. Whoa. And I stand that he absolutely should be nominated. I don't think that he will win, but 100% this man put in his sweat, his tears for this role, and he deserves a nomination. Also for his entire career. He's an incredible actor, very... Uh, bendable, just kind of does whatever he wants. And I think that this was a really great film to show his full extent because this film literally goes from like a funny moment to giving you a jump scare to making you think about like culture today and start asking questions about society. And then also kind of like gets you a little emotional at the end of like feeling bad for his character, even though uh, it's just very dimensional, has a lot of twists and turns that keep you guessing. And while going through all those twists and turns, it never feels jarring. It does feel like the line is connecting everything and you're able to stay with it rather than getting lost in the story. Yeah, I think that 
Uh, so he has won an Academy Award. It's been a long time. I don't think he's even been nominated since the last. I don't know. He was nominated once after he won for Adaptation, I believe. But Adaptation was 21 years ago. So it's been a very long time. There probably have been some roles along the way that maybe he should have been nominated for. I thought he should have been nominated for Pig. So good in that movie. Mm -hmm. um, but I do agree with you that he does something different in this role. And part of it is really interesting. And he talks about it in interviews for this film in particular. That part of the reason he signed on was because of like the memification of who he is as a person. Yep. And the way he's been as an actor over the years. Because he's done everything. Nicolas Cage has been at the highest of every tower in the world winning an Academy Award. He's been at the bottom of bottoms by literally maybe not even considered that he's just chosen to take the route of being on like directed DVD films and things like that, <laughs> like along the way as well. Now he's reaching this peak of popularity and um, attention. And so much of that is reflected in his performance in this film yep. as this college professor who, like Zach said, is just showing up in people's dreams randomly. And it's really funny because then people start to notice and be like, you look really familiar to me. And then he starts getting, uh, Facebook DMs mm -hmm. and his wife's like, you know, like don't dive into what the celebrity of this might become. You don't might not want the attention. And we see a, a great jump cut in the film of him just on the news being like, yeah, I don't know what happened. And now I'm just I'm in everybody's dreams and I'm the guy in everybody's dreams and thousands and thousands of people's dreams. And uh, you see how the effect of that, as well as being such a recognizable face, could actually have such a dark impact on your life and your family's life. Yeah. So, Zach, did you want to comment on, like, the themes of the film or anything like that? Yeah. there. I mean, there's just a lot of, um, like, you were talking about the celebrity behind it and, um, you know, what a guy going from no attention ha uh, to so much attention can do on your own psychosis, I guess. And um, I think that was definitely one of the major things that he was going into. And, you know, there are even points where he goes down a path of greediness where he mm -hmm. gets full of himself and he starts to become a hot commodity and he starts to act on his impulses and um, sp specifically the assistant that he tries to, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, they, they try and they try and have a moment together. And then uh, they, they basically <laughs> there, there was that, that was such a great scene, by the way. Yeah. I, I was, <laughs> that was like, it was so funny because it was so tense and you could tell he was just this this middle-aged man who was so sexually repressed and he had never been in the situation where he felt like, oh my God, I'm a rock star mm -hmm. and then she wants to be with me and they try and create this moment and he's never... And, and it just, it goes horribly wrong and then it causes this chain reaction yeah. of... Um, you know, it turning into nightmares and yeah. from the dreams. So I really like that. I don't know if you guys want to talk about something before we go into that. Well, I, I think part. that the yeah. movie just in terms of it just weaves in between genres. So well. So well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so inventive the way that they're able to go from a moment that's laugh out loud. Even a scene like Zach was just talking about without giving too much context. It's like a scene that's supposed to be so erotic mm -hmm. and it winds and up slightly being, uncomfortable. And, yes. Yeah. But yeah. so much of it ends in like a hilarious way. And completely makes the audience flip on yeah. its head. Uh, the more I'm thinking back to it, I like think I like the movie more than I originally anticipated. Mm -hmm. uh, and even that I thought after the first viewing, now that I've let it sit for a few weeks and things like that. But what were some like standout scenes to you or moments that uh, could maybe wrap up uh, or encapsulate 
how you felt about the movie in general. I uh, just kind of like what you were saying of how they changed genres so well, but also kind of the moments of when he's at home with his family, like when he's in bed with his wife, they really developed that relationship and didn't just show it as like, oh, it's a, a, a married couple going to bed and like they're tired and like the mom's putting on lotion like they always do. Instead, they were showing that like they kind of have like a weird relationship mm. of like saying like these innuendos to each other that nobody really gets besides like them two. Um, and I think that just shows how well of a script this is that these side characters of his family are fully developed and not just side characters that he's supposed to go home to and they're supposed to be upset with him um even like some of the dinner table scenes it felt very human of watching this family that is pretty much crumbling in front of the public eye and yet they're still sitting down having dinner and like he's upset that his daughters are on their phone yeah so like that brings in just the hu like humanity of it rather than making this an over-the-top film that nobody can really relate to it they're able to bring it back to the ground and have you kind of feel sympathy for people for his character as well as understand like oh yeah if this ever happened to me my whole life would be completely ruined because who wants that uh like everybody i think uh, kind of wants celebrity until you get it and i think this was one of those films that really highlighted it in those horrible ways of why you don't want celebrity yeah and it, it's a great commentary on fame but so much of it is built in the setup of his character too and how yes. awkward he is so one of the scenes i wanted to highlight is something that happens very early on in the film but oh my god like just the two interactions he has with this former lover or oh ex-girlfriend that he's so so like and these are moments that again so much happens in this movie that you can forget about these it's scenes too entirely. much I, like i'm gonna have to go rewatch it because i'm like kind of thinking back on it and i'm like Okay, remember the overall plot. Like, how did we get there again? Yeah. Yeah. So there's the scenes with his, his ex-lover, so I guess. And uh, he goes to see an opera show with his wife, who is played brilliantly by Julianne Nicholson, who please give her all the roles in the world. I mm -hmm. think she's the most underrated, one of the most underrated actresses working today. Um, but she is great in the movie. And so they're leaving the opera. And uh, this former... Um, lover of his walks up to him and she's like hey you know i've been thinking about you a lot recently and he's like oh like really and he takes that as like something to be flattered by and that she's thinking of him maybe sexually or maybe mm -hmm. romantically and that's kind of that puts us on this torpedo effect of being like no I, i'm seeing you in my dreams and there's a part and a, this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer but i love that christopher borgley in terms of the screenplay did something like this because it happens to people in awkward moments but it's never shown on screen when they have a meeting, they get together, they talk about things, and she leaves uh, this breakfast or br whatever they have together, lunch, whatever, and he turns around to say something to her, and he like is so nervous that he doesn't even get out actual words. Yeah. So he turns around, he's like, eh. And then and just turns back, back and is like there. And it gives you the space as an audience member to feel yeah. the, oh, that's so cringy. Yep. I don't like that for him. And... Borgley gives so much room for the character to breathe mm -hmm. until you get to the nightmarish, fever dreamish sort of sequences, and then it's shoved in your face. Yes, when it's like he's drowning, so then the audience is kind of drowning too. Um, I just also think that Nicolas Cage casting for this is... I can't picture of another person playing this role because those awkward moments, if somebody 
doesn't fully embody them and actually embrace the awkwardness of it, it can be cheesy and kind of be like, okay, this actor actually doesn't ever feel awkward in front of people. I fully believe that Nicolas Cage has been in awkward moments before because he's so off like the wall. And he knows like, what's it like to be uncomfortable and say the wrong thing and then be like, okay, I'm just going to pretend I didn't say that mm -hmm. and like hope it gets passed versus like, if some like I, I really don't know, could you guys think of anybody else that could maybe play that role? I, I think that the awkward moments, there are some of like the awkward moments with him remind me some of the character of like Gosling as Lars and the real girl. Yeah, but it's different. It's so different. The thing That's what I mean. So the awkward parts. Yes. But the thing with Cage's performance in this is in congruence with these genre switches mm -hmm. he plays different versions of the character that's yeah. even in bite-sized pieces yeah like you see all these different emotions and you see all these different performances in this one performance from him which is why similar to what you were saying like i think he is absolutely worthy of an oscar nomination does he get one i don't know mm -hmm. um but i think that there's so much built in this performance and built in this story that was sort of brought up by Christopher Borgley and this was a role that originally so originally this was supposed to be Adam Sandler playing this part mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be a film that was directed and written by Ari, Ari Aster so he's I have never seen to preface I'm sure the whole audience will hate me for saying this I've never seen any of his films Ari Aster I've never seen any of his films I haven't really? seen Hereditary I haven't seen Midsummer. I haven't seen Bo is Afraid what? I know whoa but based on the tone that I know of that director he could have been someone that did something like this. He passed it on to Borgley. He's yeah. still in this film as an executive producer. Is Sandler someone you could picture? Like, is it? I don't think so. I think, ooh. okay. So, ooh, that's an interesting thing because I think Sandler would have leaned into the comedy more, but then if it was paired with uh, Aster, he would have leaned more into like the horror suspense. And like the surrealist. He would have made yes. it Bo is Afraid. Like, you know yeah. how Bo is Afraid is like this eerie dimension like dimensional mm -hmm. i don't know it just has all these different layers of of like time and space that they go to and surreal experiences i think it would have been a lot more like that and ari aster has a lot of like deep content and yeah. themes under underneath all of his movies so i, I think it would have been a bit of a heavier piece and I the comedy might have evaporated might have evaporated yeah. and i also don't think it would have been as relatable because i don't think um they would have approached it as such a like run-of-the-mill person you see every day character i think they would have made it more of like a psychological effect that the main lead is going through rather than just a normal person who's dealing with celebrity hmm. issues I was going to say even the meta-ness that comes in later. Yes. I don't think any of that would have been built in an Ari Aster or an Ari Aster uh, screenplay. Mm -hmm. I, I think that um, we haven't talked much about his role yet, but Michael Sarah is so good in this movie. He's good in everything. He's great. But he plays this complete <laughs> douchebag uh, that runs a uh, like a new media company, essentially. Yeah. And he's trying to capitalize on the fame and the celebrity of Nicolas Cage's yep. character in a very inventive way like you could sprite. say sprite. yeah it's just like you can just do ads for sprite they have a great they campaign idea for they, you sprite wants you and he's like wait a minute i just want to write a book and he's like okay okay but i mean sprite yeah, like, we'll get back, to the, we'll book get back to the book well oh yeah yeah but sprite he's so good in this movie uh and i i just think that yeah i think the ari aster sort of route would have been entirely different 
yeah, from what I, we ended up seeing in the finished product. I agree. I think it would have taken a complete different turn. Um, I also think like maybe he would have gone too meta with the dreams where he would have focused more on those. And for me, I think the dreams really impacted the story. But I think if you showed too much of the dream, you would have been a little lost as an audience member. I think that um, Borgley as a director really made a nice cut of making the dreams not too long, giving you just enough to feel like that intense uh, nightmarish feel, but then also um, not making the dreams the full storyline. Like he would pop you into a dream really quickly and then take you out because at the end of the day, it's not the dream story that you're telling us. You're telling us the story of this person who's dealing with this in real life. Yeah, he would let like your imagination wander too and he wouldn't, there was maybe like one or two dreams mm -hmm. that were graphic. Yeah. And then the other ones and the other people, just by their reactions, um, you could hear that they had similar experiences and that mm -hmm. it was pretty bad and pretty violent. So he lets your imagination wander. And then, you know, he also gets the Nick Cage lookalike with the crossbow, <laughs> which is another version of him. So that's something that comes out of left field. Yeah. And it completely throws you off the rails with that and like oh man what is gonna happen with this like he's attacking himself now in the dream so like where yeah. is this gonna go so to that point with the genre blending like you guys were saying it goes from like pretty much a comedy to a little sci-fi and then um horror and then it also has that meta like you know the uh the the metaverse oh like sci-fi yes. style yeah and like oh let's put people in dreams mm -hmm. like that was I wasn't expecting like a black that. Mirror. Yeah. It's like a Black yeah. Mirror episode. Yeah. Somewhere. And there are dramatic, there's dramatic weight at the end of the film too. Yes. Like the last shot and, and the wife. last sequence with his wife yeah. is incredible. So I want to talk really about Christopher Borgley's direction okay. because this is his first English language film. It's, it's a big movie. Like it, it's, it's a big movie within the confines of what it is. Like it's an A24 film. I don't think it has a very crazy budget. But he's working alongside an Oscar winner. He's building this inventive original story that is a great commentary on things that we deal with each and every day. Um, what do you guys think in terms of the overall job that he did and things that stood out to you in terms of the direction? I mean, I think he did an incredible job. I think that this is actually I think that this is a monster of a script because it's not just you putting a camera in a room and uh, filming two actors play out a scene. There is so much camera work and editing and uh like even stunts that are happening um and none of it was beating the audience over the head also he was able to incorporate all those themes of today's society and like social media and consumerism without being like listen to my opinion instead he was just kind of sprinkling it in on top while telling this crazy story um, and then it was just super funny at moments too, which it, that's hard to be able to really jump, uh, just jump genres and have it be smooth. Hmm. I was also going to say that he just had, um, really well executed timing with Nicolas Cage's humor and the tension that he brought to the room on situations like that. And then he just really, uh, had a, had a good way of, um, integrating those those themes as well as mm -hmm. just blending 
I don't driving driving the story too because you just think that it's gonna go as like one conflict throughout, but then he introduces um, Michael Sarah's obstacle. He introduces uh, the the marriage obstacle. Mm-hmm. There are different paths that it goes through aside from the dream scenario. So, <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I I think that. Like that that's obviously the main story that drives the movie, but throwing these different um obstacles and hurdles for Nicolas Cage to get over is is where the the beauty of the screenplay like comes in play when it has such a well crafted balance between the characters and well clearly defined characters too like Nicolas Cage just disappeared into this role the the mother was a real like she was a really good part of the movie and um kind of similar to our holdovers review i feel like she could have disappeared in the movie too she but didn't. she was present mm-hmm. in how his relationship develops and how he deals with his stardom so she is she kind of casts him out as he becomes more famous and then she moves on with someone else and mm-hmm. and then there's you know I, I, there's just so much and then the relationship with the friends too like how he's trying to impress the other professors and get invited to that dinner party yep and his relationship with his students there's there's a lot of really well balanced pieces of this movie so yeah i, I just want to say one thing is that when we were at the film festival and he was doing like the q a something that i really loved was that people were kind of asking him about um like they were trying to get answers from him and he just kept saying like i don't want to tell you my opinion because like who wants to hear my opinion as the director i just made a film i want you to walk away and have your own thoughts which i just like really appreciate when an audience is able to walk away and have mixed opinions on what something was commenting on or why this happened and they're able to have discussions if everybody walks out of a theater having the same experience and coming away with the same message i think it's kind of been one dimensional i think when people are able to talk about a film for a while and kind of not argue but kind of combat a little bit on the topic of that surrounded the film i think that is when a film is just beautiful yeah, I think it's super inventive and it's very atmospheric. It just puts you again in this world that he's creating, but it mm-hmm. feels so familiar to us still because it's dealing with themes that we see each and every day, whether yeah. it comes to, like you said, consumerism or fame or social media or all of it. Uh, this is a movie that in our conversation right now, I'm like enjoying the movie more, like looking back and thinking back. This is going to be one that I think my score actually gets bumped up a little bit. Ooh, from how, this conversation. Yeah, similar to how Barbie was. Do you think Zach has a good question on here? Do you think that this is different from any A24 movies or do you think this kind of falls right in their realm? This is this is an A24. I don't know how many other studios would make a movie like this. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think there are any other studios that would make, which is unfortunate and is sad. Yeah. Um, you would hope and think that with the success, which we talked a little bit off camera about the success that came with everything everywhere all at once, that things like that could start spawning off with other companies and production companies and big studios taking swings like that yeah um i hope that in terms of like even the director borgley like what he does next i'm so interested in because it feels like even within one movie he's done it all yeah he's on my radar so now. interesting he like he covered so many different mm-hmm. avenues and perspectives and uh commentaries all in one movie yeah 
It was, and it didn't feel like it was never boring. It was like I was hooked the whole time. What was the runtime on this? Do you remember? It's less than two hours. It's crazy. It was an hour 42. That's wild. And it's such a jam packed yes. film. Like I would go back and there's just so much content. Honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next because I could see him doing sh- a straight comedy or just a straight horror, honestly. And either way, I would be satisfied with what he does, I think. Part of me wants to see him do like a sci fi thriller. Like, I think that Maybe. he could do something really cool with and something in the vein. Like, first of all, if he should direct a Black Mirror episode, like, oh, yeah. yeah, he would be yeah. perfect to direct any sort of storyline they decide to go with with Black Mirror. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. He could do anything. I think he's brilliant. Very, I, he's on my interested. radar. I think he's he's going to be really I think the more stuff that he puts out, people are going to start paying attention to him. Love that. Zach. Um. Yeah, I, I there was a quote in the the laptop. Or, yeah. Um. I just I don't have it in front of me, but it was just something that he said about Nick Cage. Do you and, want me to read it? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's about Nicolas Cage in the leading role, and Borgley said, "I was thinking about a socially awkward person who performs socially comfortably. I was thinking about a beta male who desperately wants to be an alpha male, someone whose image of himself is far removed from everyone else's image of that person." so interesting mm-hmm. so it's like a lot there's a lot to unpack there there but, is and then i think i remember at the festival too someone someone asked like nicholas cage is such a personality and it's in himself and there is the the stardom that comes with nicholas cage being like renowned as this hysterical meme now mm-hmm. circulating yeah. like just his likeness is um circulating around and People people really appreciate the the stardom behind that, but um, yeah, I, I think so. When you have somebody so recognizable, you go into a movie almost treading carefully not to oversaturate that likeness. Mm-hmm. And and he's played some ridiculous roles in the past, so you don't want to almost like Christopher Walken him, you know, <laughs> or you just let him just just be, be a character, be ter- yeah, yeah, like be himself. Be him. Yeah, so. Because some, I think Nicolas Cage actually is is the opposite in in most of his movies where he is kind of a chameleon and he can blend into a lot of his roles like yep, really well. I agree. And I think the ones where he hasn't, the scripts have been poorer. So I think they utilized his abilities. He he definitely leaned into the satire of of a middle aged man, midlife crisis, and he's like seeking attention, and he's he he finally gets that confidence boost and that was really funny for him to play and mm-hmm. and then it goes into the whole swarm of events that that comes with it but i i think that's great that he he wanted to go for the character type too he's like talking about the beta male trying to be an alpha like he's trying to prove himself like i'm a worthy professor i'm a worthy yep. husband i deserve respect for my kids like there's a couple scenes with his kids at the table he's trying to get their attention and then he gets attention from the world it affects everything else. Mm-hmm. So I think if you wanted to, you could look on paper for other people that could play this role, but Nicolas Cage can inhibit the awkwardness and then go into the, um, uh, what is it? I don't know. Just, just a comedian. Like he can mm-hmm. be comedic when he needs to be. Yeah. Well, part of it too, like you were talking about the memes and stuff like, He's the guy, he's the type of guy that has like pictures of his face on like coffee mugs. I know. Like that's how crazy his celebrity has become. Yeah. And he's not 
in culture other than being a meme or yeah. being having this cult like following because of some performances that he's had in the past that like Zach said, he's like dedicated himself to the craft, even if the scripts might be poor. So it's crazy to sort of see him reflecting so much of what he probably feels on the inside on a movie as wild and chaotic as this is, but also bringing it back into the interior of how he feels like so much of it is probably so near and dear to him based on his own experiences and awkward interactions. Like you had said earlier, Liz, that he may or may not have had in his own life. Yeah. So it's crazy. I agree. Plus he plays like in the nightmare scenes, he can be scary. Like how big, like how tall of a person he is. Like he is, uh, like dominating in a way too. So I think his casting was just incredible. Yeah. And he better get nominated, people. All right. So do we talk do we talk Oscar Nom? We could talk Oscar Nom. Oscar Nom and, and scores. Yeah, yeah. So I I would love for him to get nominated. Okay. I don't think he will. That's uh, disappointing. I know. I we we talked a little bit off camera about the how you had thought too that the Academy might be trending in a certain direction with more inventive screenplays and more inventive sort of ideas and plots and themes and things like that because of everything everywhere all at once that movie got a bunch of wins and nominations and even actor wins i think that the year is so strong in terms of male lead performances that i think he'll be in the conversation which i think is great Mm -hmm. because he should be i just think he'll get edged out by a couple of people i think there's some people that in films that i haven't seen yet so i can't fully comment if it were up to me based on right now, I would put him in. Okay. But I don't All think right. he's going to ultimately get an Oscar nomination. All right. Well, I w- I'm going to give him a nom. Okay. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Zach? <laughs> I'm going to say um, I have to look at the list again, too. But I-, I think he does have a really strong chance as long as, I don't know, there's there's a lot of lead performances this year that, that mm-hmm. might get the recognition. Like there's big names so whether they were good or not in the movies remains to be seen but i think that the academy does have a bias to like some actors um you know i mean i'll say it if you want me to say it yeah yeah go ahead yeah yeah. there are three actors that are in the conversation this year that not even like it doesn't even matter what their performances they're going to be considered for the fact that they're great actors they have had great performances in the past and they love having them there. One of them is Joaquin for Napoleon. Mm-hmm. One is Adam Driver for Ferrari. And the third is the one that Zach, I think, was alluding to. And it's Leo in Killers of the Fire. Yep. Mode, yeah, which, if you guys have not watched our review. Go watch it. Go watch it. Go but hear we're not thoughts. We're not huge fans of his performance in, in the film overall. No, I mean, I, I, I love him as an actor, but I don't think it was that strong of a performance. And yeah. I think. Uh, but that's a different that. episode, that everyone. Episode. Should we give scores? I think yeah. so. All right. scores. Should I go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my score is higher than I said before we started. Oh, okay. What do we got? I'm going to give it a 9.5. Ah, that's the same score. Wow. Oh, no. I guess I'll do a 10. But I was going to do Whoa. like a 9. You don't have to do a 10. If no, you don't I'm, I'm going to do a 10. Okay. Actually, no, 9.5. <laughs> I was going to do 9.5. 9.5. Yeah, All yeah. of us. Well, guys, is that the first time that ever the across time. the board? Yeah. I thought you guys were going to be lower. I thought you guys were going to both do like. Well, actually, no. Like Zach, a... you really liked it when we left, but I, I thought you were going to yeah. do like. I'm going to put it right. 8.5. I'm going to put it as of right now, right in my top five. Whoop, whoop. But at the bottom, it's going to be number five because I have four tens ahead of it. Let's go. So Drink this was a great. This was a great movie. Everybody in the world 
should see this movie because there is something literally for, for everybody in this movie. So, and then you'll have Nicolas Cage in your dreams. So, oh my God. Did you guys have dreams of Nicolas Cage after this? I wish I, I did. did. Did you actually? No. Oh, that would have been <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. No, could you imagine? So, that is going to do it for our review of Dream Scenario, which again stars Nicolas Cage. It's an A24 production. It is written and directed by Christopher Borgley. Keep your eye out for him and anything else he's going to be doing in the future because he's obviously a huge rising talent. Um, if you don't already, be sure to like this video. Make sure you guys are commenting your thoughts on Dream Scenario. Also, be sure to subscribe to our page. If you guys don't already, follow us at Cinema Wave Media on Instagram as well as on TikTok. We're also on Facebook. We're on Threads. We're other places as well. You can follow us also at underscore Culture Wave Media. Just signing off. I am Darian Scalamoni. I am Liz Seiko. I'm Zach Miller, and we'll see you guys next time.